because of the happenstance from the last time we were recording, I have two things of bourbon at my house. And so I just have to like figure out a way to like bourbon. And I tried making a highball. And I was like, this just tastes like watery bourbon. I don't like it. That's fair. That's fair. Why would you do this to me, me? (laughs) (laughs) Why would I do this to me, myself? I thought me. I don't know why. It's got like a little bit of sugar in it, but like it's straight up just watery bourbon. And I, I think I made it right. I followed a recipe, and it was just not what I wanted. I mean, some people just like that is how you. Well, happy Christmas, everybody! I hope your Christmas Eve Eve is as wonderful as it has ever been. Yes, Merry Christmas. On this day, I have. Uh, it's it's kind of a surprise. Okay, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes. So, as some of our listeners probably remember, and as Claire probably baffling remembers, I have a Christmas tradition. Oh, no. That's a reading gone girl. I knew it. I know it. And be- specifically because I pulled fake dating, I was oh, like, that makes sense. <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty gone girly. That's pretty gone girly. I wonder if there is anything related to gone girl in AO3. And the answer is technically yes. <laughs> Technically, yes. There's just not a lot. Like, there's not a lot. Like, I thought there was... as I always think there's going to be more fics that follow the plot of a thing with different characters. Sure. Like, there was a chunk... Like, uh, in, the, in the same way, like, we did reality shows that, like, the characters follow the format of Love is Blind or the characters follow the format of... Sure. Another thing of British Bake Off, or but that's never really and I as would, much of a thing as I yeah. think it is. And I, yes, I guess I was like, like more i'm gonna say more of an og fanfic reader i did it i never i never really saw those things because they would be like it's that i would only see those things it would be like if your like usual favorite fanfic author took a break from their like uh usual au tropes and then was like i'm gonna write just like a palette cleanser where they're all on great british bake-off but like usually they're like and they're like, and next week we'll return to our usually scheduled mutual pining. Well, I think I always think it's going to be more. This is fine pairing some grace. I'm Claire. <laughs> I always think it's going to be more like uh, in the same way that like fan fiction in like the broadest way is taking two things that already exist and making a new thing out of it. I'm like. It just feels like it should be more common to say, here is the format of a show. I'm going to put some things in there. And it's that I think more of the OG origin of fanfic is what is happening behind closed doors or what is like what is happening when the camera turns off right so it's that I think in the evolution of fanfic we have just started having the like more crossovery things and as fanfic continues to evolve like I think in 20 years we'll be like oh yes like there'll be more of everything yes that specifically probably yes yeah so i i kind of was like oh maybe there will be i'm sure there is going to be the fan fiction about the characters in gone girl and i was like okay maybe if i look at the gone girl fate like tag under ao3 and then search fake dating. I'll see if anything exists. And I think there was maybe like one thing and it was not useful to me. And so then I broadened it out and I was like, maybe if I don't include fake dating as a tag, I'll still find something that makes sense. And there was one fairly good fic uh, about Orphan Black, which I love, Mm. but I didn't bring that because it was just like the first chapter of a fic that I think was supposed to be longer. (laughs) And so as per usual, it was just like not a lot happening because they were setting up something else. Yep. Yeah. And so instead I found this. Uh oh, what did Which you find? Is uh, so I'm actually before I tell you exactly what it is, I'm going to tell you what this drink is. 
Okay. <laughs> and this this fic is a, a play on a daiquiri, which is kind of in the like I don't, it's like a, a citrus and a base liquor family. Like it's not, it's not that complicated. But I decided to make a Dan Query daiquiri because it's Dan and Phil. <laughs> I was like, who's Dan Query? And he's gay. <laughs> he is. Yay. And uh, I, I tried to look up uh, Dan and Phil cocktails. And the only thing that came up was kind of like um, a pina colada-y sort of like blue curacao coconut pineapple-y yeah. thing. So yeah. I have, it's, ba- it's basically like a, that kind of, it's that flavor of daiquiri. It's yeah. <laughs> like sort of tropical pina colada daiquiri, but also not. Nice. Yeah, I would have like, if I was trying to think of a Dan and Phil cocktail, it would have like whiskers. So I'd be like, it's whiskey. Yeah, that they could draw, make sense. Because they draw whiskers on their face. But I already had daiquiri and I was like, I don't think I could add a whole lot. No, I can't no. change the base liquor. That That's- feels like a sin. Um, I've tasted it once for our photo shoot, but I haven't really gotten in there yet. All right. It's very Ooh. blue. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sweet. Mm. Yes. That's pretty good. It's it's um, it's fruity. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have, I tried to keep the proportions of a daiquiri, but I think I would have less curacao and more rum and more juice. Yeah. What is your recipe? Two ounces of blue curacao, which is already a lot, to one ounce of white rum, one ounce of, uh, Pineapple juice, or no, I, I changed it to two ounces of pineapple, ju- pineapple juice because it's supposed to be an ounce of lime juice, but it was not enough pineapple to overpower the curacao, so <laughs> that got mixed. And then a half ounce of simple syrup. So it is very nice. sweet. Yeah. Um, you it's need very to be juicy. that. Yeah. I think if it was blended, it would be better, like a uh, frozen daiquiri. Frozen daiquiri. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had, I feel like I've had daiquiris when I was in like New Orleans that were like this. You just serve it in a fishbowl. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's very fishbowl adjacent. Yeah. Yes, so it's a Dan Query daiquiri, and it is based on, um, I won't say, it's not like the beats of Gone Girl, but it has the like um, ennui of Gone Girl, <laughs> and like the edge of dark of uh, Gone Girl, not Dark Girl, I was going to say. Is he Great. going to fake his death and try and pin it on Phil? No, this is, so <laughs> we're just going to get into because I did legitimately enjoy this. Um, I did have to cut it down. It was um, just over 6,000, which obviously is quite long, but also like the pacing was slower sure, sure. in the same way that Gone Girl is long. Yes. And it's very drawn out. And so it's very clearly jumping on that. I unfortunately could not get a hold of this author. And this is from 2016. So it is, oh, yeah. uh, it is a dash older. So if uh, the author, which is Just Have Sex... <laughs> <laughs> So what a just, great name just have sex uh gets a hold of us uh thank you for writing this fic i really appreciated it um i don't know a ton about dan and phil i've been in like the side of them but like this is just fun this is very traditional like dan and phil shippers but i watched dark yeah. style i say like, i watched i watched them for a very long time dan was my favorite so i kind of took a break from both of them when he took a break from the internet mm-hmm. and he's kind of i have watched a, the couple of videos he had when he like return to yeah. essentially be like he's kind of doing stuff on his own now yes i think they're still is phil doing things yeah no it? he's still on youtube okay. i've only seen dan but maybe and he's they, just up on my algorithm for some reason dan dan hasn't posted recently maybe okay or like i don't know i just maybe i recognize his face more i don't know maybe and <laughs> i think they st- and i think they still live together Aww. I, like i watched a video about um like them talking about like they had kind of a drawn out house buying experience and like you know, I, like any inappropriate person, was also trying to come to the crux, like, did they really date or not? Mm-hmm. Because Dan yeah, kind of left very... it as, like, 
Obviously, it's personal and I don't need to know, right. but like that doesn't stop my curiosity. Like if they were dating now and had been dating for seven years, like, yes, yes I would want to know. But yes. I get that that's not, you no. know, and, yeah. and my I business. Think, and I think he left it at just like a we'll always be soulmates and whether or not that oh, was yeah, platonic okay. is like Right. And so thing. this is a pretty big ship. Uh, the fandom is called the fandom with a PH or the fantastic foursome. Yeah. Which I don't know who the other two are. Um, unless that's a pun that I don't understand, which is totally could be. I'm not entirely sure. I used to, again. I st- I watch a lot of YouTube. I lo- watched a lot of um, the. So I watched. I said I did watch a lot of the Dan and Phil. It's like there was a group of all of them that were all like mm. London based, and now they're all kind fan of. Fan doing- is a it's a combination of Dan yes. and Phil. So yes. Yes. Uh, any any pun with fan could yeah. probably be utilized. Yeah. Not sure if there are four people or not, but probably yes. not important. So this is the not Christmas fic that you are getting today. <laughs> Thank you for this not gift. Because it's only my Christmas tradition and no one else's. Happy Gone Girl Day. Happy, <laughs> Happy Gone Girl Day. Uh, and so the, te- uh, the, the name of the fake is Neptune and Venus. Oh. I don't know if that means anything to you. I never quite knew what it meant. Um... I, d- I don't know if that's a specific thing or if it is like allusions to like Roman mythology, like the Aphrodite and Maybe. Poseidon or something. I don't know. Or like, like, I don't know. It might mean nothing. Or is it like any, it doesn't have to do like do Neptune and Venus, are they like, do they They're not orbit each, each other? other? Or like, no, no. not literally, no, no. but like in mythology. No, I was trying I to they, think. The I mean, don't. yeah, Venus is very Aphrodite. Far in space. Neptune <laughs> is Poseidon. I okay. cannot think if there is a Greek mythology. I don't, can't remember. Equivalent. I am more familiar with Greek mythology than Roman mythology, and I do. And they're basically the same. And I don't remember if Aphrodite and Poseidon had a extended thing. Okay, so I don't think it has to do with that. Um, the yeah. So the name of the figure is Neptune and Venus. The author is just have sex uh, and. <laughs> The tags are cheating, established relationship, this is some dark shit, inspired by Gone Girl, unhealthy relationship, I guess. Mm. And so, similar to Gone Girl, the author has noted that there are very specific uh, timestamps to keep track of at the beginnings of the two, because both narrate, not narrate, but they're both the primary character. Okay. And the timeline is not linear. Yes. So. Heads up. Also, because this is long, I did I didn't cut any big, big sections. There's like kind of one that I'll just like say what happens. So if you're ever confused, let me know. Cause I th- I think I cut this in a way that is cohesive, but who knows? Dan Howell, October 2009. He was under the belief that him and Phil were meant to be with each other since birth. Everything Dan said was met with perfect harmony by Phil. They complemented each other perfectly. They were the flip sides to each other. Couldn't be without the other anymore. Without Phil, Dan could not imagine the person he would be. That's why, when they met for the first time, after all their long Skype sessions, finally came to an end and the real life blew up before them, Dan had confessed to having the biggest crush on Phil in the whole wide world. He thought, immediately, that because Phil, as his other half, Phil would be ecstatic and admit to being in love with Dan as well. This was not the case. Phil gives Dan a peculiar face at the confession. And Dan feels suddenly insecure, as he always does when placed in front of people. Phil simply reaches out, warm fingers pressing against Dan's jawline, in a light, fleeting touch. I'm still dating Charlie, you know. Charlie is so cool, like? I think. <laughs> the other cute British YouTuber? Probably. It's probably not important, but I love him too. Phil sighs. It sucks. Dan opens his mouth to ask, what does? 
Except Phil closes his eyes, inhaling sharply. Because I think I like you too. Oh no. Phil Lester, February 2016. The future. <laughs> I was like... Six, six, seven years in the future. Oh. Yeah. Going from 2009 to 2016. Wow. Keep track. Keep up, Claire. <laughs> I'm kidding. Gone Girl's also confusing. Wait, say the dates again. The first one was Dan, October 2009. Okay. Now we are in Phil, which is 2016. I got confused because I was like, that's seven years in the past, Grace. No, from today, yes. (laughs) But from the storyline, no. No, I got it. I got it. He could hear Dan sneaking in out of the house again. This is the third time this week. All at 3 a.m. Exactly. Almost on the dot. The soft sounds of Dan putting on his jacket and shoes, followed by his steps down the stairs, thus followed by the gentle closing of the door. Dan is always back before Phil manages to wake up, which is getting increasingly earlier in an attempt to catch Dan. But Dan is a great liar. Even when he's caught, he goes with a simple, I didn't sleep, so I went out for a morning walk. That's the first lie, at least. The second one is a bit more convoluted, and Phil had simply waved it off because he didn't want to hear any excuses. Mm. By the time it happens for the eighth time, Phil has had enough. The ninth time is when Phil decides to wait in the living room at 3 a.m., ten minutes before. So as Dan wanders out of his bedroom, dressed and definitely not wearing the clothes he wore earlier that day, hair did up nicely, with probably some sort of stupid perfume on his wrists, Dan looks alarmed, then angry, as though Phil waiting on the lounge, ready to pounce on him with dark questions, is his fault. As though Phil shouldn't be bothered to question him because it's none of his goddamn business. Dan offered a curt smile, sharp and violent, before scurrying to the kitchen as though that was his plan all along. Phil repeats the process for an entire week, watching Dan get slowly more and more agitated at every sight of Phil sitting, waiting. But he never says anything, probably because Dan had set up an imaginary game of push and pull between Phil and him. Who will push? Who will pull? Dan refuses to admit to anything, and therefore, Phil patiently waits. He's good at waiting. He's a very patient person. Hmm. We're getting into some shit. (laughs) Phil ends up keeping the habit of waking up at 3 a.m. for another month. Except Dan never wakes up and leaves again. He had pushed Dan back into the circle they had created for each other over the years, though Dan is much more rebellious than Phil, trying to overstep his boundaries more often than not. Usually, Phil lets him. But there's some things he cannot accept, especially if Dan is planning on leaving him. What was it that Dan used to say? Something about soulmates? Something about attraction? Something that no matter what soulmates always find a way to gravitate towards each other. At the end of the road, they'll always be facing each other. Dan wants to play? Fine. He'll finally become an active player in the stupid game. He'll beat Dan at his own game. And once victorious, this stupid game of push and pull will finally end, and then they can finally settle back into their old routines. But if Dan thinks he's pushing Phil, then Phil simply needs to tug the other side of the rope harder and more aggressively, until Dan's being pulled by him. Now, it's time to pull. Mm. Dan Hallow, March 2009. (laughs) (laughs) An unspoken agreement between them is made once Phil and Charlie break up, that him and Phil must wait. Dan agrees. It's kind of an asshole move, even for him, to start officially dating somebody when they've just broken up with someone else. Because that usually means one person was cheating. Which him and Phil were not. Him and Phil never even kissed when Charlie and Phil were dating. There was always a respectable physical distance. But emotionally, Dan knows Phil is guilty of emotional cheating. Dan finds himself pushing Phil against the wall, periodically, randomly, when Phil will say something cute or his shirt will dip over his shoulders. Collarbones peeking over a bit creamy skin tempting Dan, and Dan will simply push Phil against the wall and kiss him until Phil is sliding down the wall, knees weak. Everything about Phil is fucking perfect. Every moment with him is as though walking on a trail straight, as like walking on a trail straight to heaven. Dan loves Phil. He really, 
really does. Mm. Have we caught on? (laughs) Why is Dan cheating on Phil in seven years? He loves him so much. What could be going wrong? (laughs) What could be going wrong? Oh, (laughs) time is an illusion. Oh, good morning. Phil's mother is already up. Dan had heard her singing a soft melody from upstairs before he came down. Phil's family is strange. They all interlink as a family. There's really no definition compared to Dan's family, whom orbit each other. Phil's mother is encouraging of whatever Phil wants. His own mother is the opposite. She's always had words to discourage on the tip of her tongue, always seeking to steer Dan into the best path possible, even if it isn't what he wants. Morning, and here he is now, now considered a part of this family dynamic. Phil had been honest with them. This is Dan, my kind of boyfriend, (laughs) to which Martin had said, kind of, what does that mean, Phil? Phil didn't explain it to them in explicit detail, and yet Phil's family had simply took the explanation and accepted Dan wholly into their family, opposite of his family once again. Phil had came to his house once, early in their knowing each other, and Dan had been flustered and excited to introduce something so precious as Phil to them, ready to show off his family to Phil, because he had already met Phil's, hoping they'd receive Phil in the same way he'd been received. But he should have known. His mother had observed Phil with cool, calculating eyes, a series of stern questions when she had realized... Dan knows she had realized. His mother doesn't miss a thing. Her eyes see all, and once the questionnaire had been fulfilled, she had dismissed Phil, no longer interested, which, in a way, is better than her being disapproving. Age? Four years older than Dan, Phil said, instead of his actual age, which, in hindsight, Dan should have considered more. Dan is only 18. It could seem a bit weird that he's frolicking around with guys a few years older than him. His mom had glanced at him then, watching for his reactions to their confession, Dan had simply tried to beam his love for Phil into her, and she didn't take it well. Do you go to university? Yes, I go to University of York. She had seemed a lot less interested in Phil after his admittance to going to university. He assumes it's because she realized that Dan, that Phil is, they say their names so much that I can't say either of them. (laughs) Neither of them sound like words anymore. (laughs) It's starting, yes. (laughs) Phil, 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 Phil. Dan, 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 Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. Uh, Phil, after his admittance to going to university, he assumes it's because she realized that Phil is unlikely to be a drug dealer or some kind of pimp or lead Dan astray. His mom's way of thinking is still foreign to him, but either way, the dinner with Phil and his family had been stiff and awkward, unlike the friendly banter Phil's own family has, even with Dan at the table. Are you heading back home today? Phil's mom asks softly, probably worried at the fact that he's awake before noon. Dan nods his agreement. It still feels kind of awkward to make himself at home in Phil's house. Yet Phil's family has shown no indication of being disturbed by Dan's rummaging through their cupboards and making his own breakfast. Phil told me you got accepted into Manchester University. Is that where you're planning to go? Yeah, Dan swallows, licking his lips. Phil had suddenly made plans to get his own flat before Dan moved out to Manchester. Mostly it had been the intention for Dan to move in with him, but Dan knew his mom would never allow it, especially when she's at least semi-aware of Dan and Phil's relationship. Even him going to Manchester is setting her on edge. He can tell. I'm going to be dorming, though. She looks slightly surprised at this. You aren't going to be living with Phil? I thought that was the plan. Yeah, but my mom wouldn't approve of it. Right. No further commentary. Go wake Phil up. Dan nods jerkily, heading back upwards without an ounce of compliance and uncrawling and crawling into the spot next to Phil in his bed, where Dan had slept all night, curled up against Phil, happy Aww. and calm as he'd ever managed to be in his miserable life. And he smiles to himself, ear pressed against Phil's chest as he hears the steady thump, thump, thump of Phil's heart. And he can't help but think how wonderful it would be, how fucking great it would be, if he could put this heart in a jar and preserve this emotion, preserve Phil. Because what if Phil doesn't love him forever in the way Dan will? 
What if they aren't one of those couples that are written in the stars forever? This terrifies him. He wants to be with Phil forever, even if they aren't in love anymore. Oh, But in a jar kind of way. <laughs> Breaks my heart. I love you. He pauses, hand flattened against Phil's chest as, begin- as he begins to stir. And Dan's chest just wells as it always does when he looks to Phil. I really, really love you. Phil Lester, February 2016. I'm deeply upset. (laughs) He's crouched in the corner of the living room, hunched into himself in a literal fashion as he watches the TV. Keen eyes picking up on moving figures as Dan half pays attention to the TV show while scrolling through his phone. This position is optimal for snooping. For this corner, it looks like he's paying attention to the TV. But if he tilts his head slightly to the right, he can see the reflection of Dan's phone in the fireplace. He's been doing this a lot lately, watching Dan's activity on his phone even though Dan has stopped sneaking out to go meet whoever he was meeting before Phil abruptly stopped them, He still doesn't trust Dan. Cheating and emotional cheating are the same exact thing. He's done it once upon a time with Dan. He emotionally cheated on his loving boyfriend for Dan. I guess... I guess... I guess I... I, str- yeah, I okay. It's like I'm trying. I'm trying to articulate. I'm trying to articulate having not actually been emotionally cheated on. Then like I can't. It's that sometimes I'm like, is it emotional cheating or are you just friends? <laughs> there, was, I I skipped it a little bit, but there was a part no. where it was like him and Charlie were still dating, and like Dan and Phil were like cuddling and will like do big eyes up at each other, and it's like, eh. And I feel like that's you're what? you're not emotionally right. cheating at that. That's physical cheating. That's like. An obvious, like, we've built a doorway to cheating and we just haven't stepped through the threshold. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, because to me... I guess that's mental cheating? Like, I'm trying to figure out what the word for that would... Because you're, like, you're right. I don't know if that's emotional cheating. As a person who forms very... It's a, it's a, here's my thing. It's that as a person who forms very close connections with my friends, it's that, like... True. I feel like I could be accused of mm. emotional cheating and I'd be like, I'm not emotionally cheating on you. I just have friends that, like, I'm close with, but I do not have, like romantic chemistry with yeah i was gonna say i guess if you count as like romanticizing a person as emotional then yes it would be emotional cheating i i guess it's like romantically cheating yes not sexually yes (laughs) and and i know i know it probably sucks and i just i'm having it's just like i'm just having trouble like wrapping my head around like what that would actually really look like in a way that i would fully feel threatened right I guess it would be like, does your wife think that you're emotionally cheating on with her with me? You? No, yes. I have no romantic feelings towards you whatsoever. Right. Well, it's like, I guess I sort of am like, I guess I'm of more of the opinion that I'm like, so long as you don't then like physically cheat. Like, I, I wonder if like for men, because men are weird about emotions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that yes. If you're sharing emotions that are reserved for a romantic partner in your in your brain where that's a thing. Yeah, yeah sure. Then sure. But yes, it's harder for women to emotionally cheat because we don't work that way. Yeah, that's what so I mean. Like. This is specifically a man-man thing. I don't know. Yeah, but it, I. Think- but I'm trying to figure out, like, if I was dating, if I was dating a guy and he came home and was like, me and we had a great talk. Like me and my BFF, like this insert female friend, like we like had a really great like like if they did something that was date like mm-hmm. and like nothing physical happened. But it was like, oh, they went to a pumpkin patch and like took cute, like they did all the things I would have couple-y done on a things. date, like coupley things. Yeah. I guess in a secure relationship, I'd be like, whatever, like you're just friends. Like I do think it is, it is dubious to be like, I'm going to quote unquote not cheat until I can find the day to break up. 
Like, that's just me. No, no, no. That's bad. <laughs> I do see. And maybe that's the part I'm just not. Maybe that's the part I'm missing yeah. where it's like. I did not lay out the specifics yeah. of, of the cheating at the beginning, which like, yeah, it was basically like they would like cuddle. Maybe in, in ways boy yeah. f- friends who are boys are sure. not supposed to do. So it's like a thing. OK, it's maybe I'm forgetting that like and we maybe don't. Emotion- and that was Phil with Charlie. And yeah. we haven't seen what Dan has done. Yes. That's okay. a mystery so oh, far, okay. which is also why it's hard to figure out. I say okay. remember, Dan is in love with Phil in the past and Phil is mad at Dan in the future. <laughs> OK. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, OK, the, to lay out the tension. Dan is madly in love with Phil, and seven years later, Phil hates Dan. Yes, <laughs> so there's we, something that he did. Oh, we don't know why. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm in it. And maybe and maybe that's the part I was missing was like, I would be upset mm-hmm. to find out that my boyfriend, like this person I thought was just like a close female companion, that the whole time that they were like going on these like coupley dates that I thought were just like friend dates, and then he broke Fun up with activities. me and like started... <laughs> If we go full Olivia Rodrigo and mm-hmm. like you didn't cheat but you're still a traitor, like yeah, maybe that's the part I needed yeah. to connect. If to you my were head. building the pretense to a relationship before breaking off the one with me, then that, yes, you're, that is you're a, a dick. okay. Then yeah, that is emotional <laughs> cheating. Yes. It's that I guess I was like, I don't know why it's labeled emotional cheating. We've just decided that that's what it's yes. called. Dan has stopped trying. Has stopped trying to trying uh, to love him. He's simply given up on them being together. Sort of a package deal, as they both have been always. Not fair. Phil has been working so hard to attempt to rekindle their dying relationship, suggesting spontaneous outings to typical couple events. He even thought their Japan trip had maybe finally worked. And Dan had seemed so alive besides Phil in a way that they haven't been in years. Yet, like the ending of a fairy tale book, the magic had disappeared and Dan became the same bitter prune he's always been in his mid-twenties. When Dan looks at him, it's no longer, I love you, I love you, I love you. And instead, now it's a chant filled with, I hate you, I hate you. You've ruined my life. I hate you. Wow. That's, um, that's a better pill right there. It's a real swapperoo. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Can we rewind? Dan says, looking politely at the TV with a furrowed expression, apparently now deciding he's, always, he's wanting to pay attention to the TV show he suggested. Dan is always like that. Always has been. Fickle. Dan Howell can be summarized in the singular word F-I-C-K-L-E. One moment, Dan loves the word, and in another, he hates it. One moment, he sees the future, and in another, it's crushed beneath him. Games and books are all half-finished projects, mostly completed, but it's always when it gets close to the point of, in for the long haul, does Dan disconnect emotionally from whatever project he began. All over their house are these half-abandoned projects, all sitting idly, waiting for Dan's attention to be on them once again. Maybe that's what he's become a forgotten, unfinished project that Dan refuses to commit to anymore. And just like all the inanimate objects, Phil sits patiently, awaiting for Dan to realize he's alive once again. I know, it's really dramatic. (laughs) Once Dan is thoroughly focused on the TV show, Phil idly finds himself typing in the name Sarah Holt, switching to images, and it's not disappointing to find her Facebook as the second option. Not so surprising as well, Dan Howell is what appears as their mutual friend. Got you. So he's looking at his phone and he saw a name. And so he's now searching that name (laughs) on Facebook. I skipped a little bit, a tiny little bit, but I think we're still on board. Dan Howell, November 2010. He did something incredibly stupid. Something very, very stupid. It was in the heat of the moment. His dad screaming, his mom screaming even louder. His bro- This is so dramatic. His brother crying as he had been screaming as well. Oh. How his family had ended up in a violent screaming match. Him. It was all his fault. 
He had rocked the boat, crossed the thin line his family had orbited, trying to mimic the way Phil's family had operated, and it had ended in this exact situation. He had revealed certain intentions concerning Phil to his family, mostly concerning that he had soon-to-be-recent plans on moving in with Phil. And, oh, by the way, Mom, Dad, I'm dating him. His mother had begun, as usual, disapproving of the situation. She hadn't even bothered to hear his side of the story, hadn't even bothered to hear the pros of him living with his boyfriend. His dad had gone pale-faced, the words gay probably echoing within his head, and his brother hadn't reacted, surprisingly, simply continued eating his breakfast. It was that which had suddenly unleashed all of her anger on him. Petty things, big things. They rotated through angry sob stories, screaming and crying, his dad showing more of a disappointed attitude towards everything, yelling and loudly telling Dan exactly what sort of disappointment he believes him to be. He knows. He knows he's a disappointment. But in Phil's eyes, he's always been a hero, and he loves that. He loves Phil so much. Even when his parents kicked him out, two suitcases, travel size, pulled behind him, Phil had accepted him with open arms, with a large smile and soft fingertips. Dan thinks he cried that night. Also, like, you're going to kick a kid out because he's going to move in with his boyfriend. What do you think's going to happen when you you kick him out? Where do you think he's going to go? Where do you think he's... He's already got this planned. You just don't have any recourse i guess that's when you gotta be like no you're gonna live here <laughs> you're not allowed to leave yeah right i'm lock- I've decided i'm locking you in your room you can't live with your boyfriend you gotta live in your basement <laughs> in your hovel mm-hmm. okay we're kicking it up a notch phil lester february 2016 dan needs to suffer is what phil decides on with finality an odd sort of calm that had washed over him in a cool breeze simply telling him what needed to be done and dan needed to suffer Simply revealing to Dan that he knew Dan was cheating wouldn't be enough. Do that, and maybe Dan will use it as an excuse to leave him. No. Dan needs to be sorry for the rest of his life. Every waking moment from now on until Dan dies will Dan spend regretting his mistakes. He will make it up to Phil. Phil knows how to fiddle with Dan, and he will play him like a harp, even if it destroys them both. For my birthday party, Phil muses out loud, wondering if Dan has even bothered to think of a party this year. You can invite whoever you want, really. Even that insufferable... 30, Dan says with an air of wisp. He finally, finally looks his way. A long, hard look. A look that has nothing nothing beneath it. No love, no hate, no nothing. What's worse? Being acknowledged, but acknowledged in an empty, uncaring way. Lack of love. Defeated out of hate. Phil is oddly self-conscious in this singular moment and wants to crack open Dan's head, scoop out his brains, and peer down into his thoughts. To finally have a sort of clarity and comfort in knowing what Dan is truly thinking. To finally know who Dan truly is. How do couples fall apart? The answer is easy. They stop trying. One gets too comfortable. The other, too confident. Egotism and pride. Never a good mixture between two people. He turns his head, the alcohol lagging his vision and slowing people down. Dan has wandered... They're at the party now. Dan has wandered off, leaving Phil alone to mingle and receive birthday wishes, despite the fact that Dan has always had a hand on Phil's waist every year beforehand. Phil knows where Dan is. Sarah is missing. Dan is missing. Uh Put two and two together and you have a cheater. (gasps) (laughs) That's fine. He had wanted Dan to invite Sarah because with Sarah taking Dan's attention off of him, Phil can play coy with the neighbor four horses horses down. A cheater like Dan. It seems to be his type. But this is a fake dating tag. So, look at that. (laughs) His name is Richard, works in an accounting firm and has big lips. The first time Phil kissed Richard, his breath had stunk and Phil couldn't help but think this is dumb, but he needs to be resolute. He wades through the crowd, 
smiling and thanking people as he sips on expensive wine Zoe had bought him, until ending up before Richard. You didn't tell me you were married, Richard states, although it doesn't seem like he cares too much. His voice is airy, uncaring. Phil is beginning to get sick of the word uncaring. Phil sips idly at his wine, looking to where he can spot Sarah and Dan having a heated argument. Trouble in paradise, Phil smiles. Neither did you. You're married to Sarah, aren't you? What? What? So basically, I'm going to skip over this next part because it's long and dumb. But uh, Phil knows that Dan is dating with this woman named, or is cheating with this woman named Sarah. So Phil has gone after Sarah's husband <laughs> and cheated on Dan with his cheater's husband. Whoa. To like double jujitsu. They're like, wow. Yeah. So basically, they all, this comes to a hilt in like one paragraph. Uh, Phil stumbles tipsily, smile flirty, as he looks up with fluttering eyelashes to Richard. Apparently, neither of us is bothered by it. A pause, a tilt of his head. Richard's throat bobs, hook, line, and sinker. Got him. Keep me company? Acting drunk is easy enough. Feet stumbling over each other as he leans into Richard's chest. After Richard wraps a long, fat arm around his waist, pulling them together as they stumble in the direction of Phil's room. And then basically, Phil ends up confronting Dan, who is fighting with his lover, Sarah. <laughs> and he does it in front of Richard, so now everyone, everyone in the square knows that Richard's wife has also been cheating on him with Dan. Wow, 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 wow. And then, how stupid, getting angry that your wife is cheating on you when you were about to cheat on her seconds ago. Sure, it can be used in reverse with him, but Phil never had any intention of actually cheating. Just a kiss here and there, maybe a lingering hug, but never full body contact. He was simply using Richard to get rid of Sarah, that bitch, who <laughs> thought it was a good idea to touch his possessions, and Phil does not like using the word bitch. Soon, Dan will be forced to face the music. It wouldn't hurt if Dan was punched a few times, either. You knew, Dan finally says, exhaling as he looks between Richard and Phil like a deer caught in headlights. Richard's going to think Dan is referring to the infidelity, but it's an inside joke between Dan and Phil, almost because both of them know they're referring to the fact that Phil had brought Richard and Dan before each other with these exact intentions. So it's a double entendre because he's like, wait, you knew I was cheating on you. Also, you knew Richard was Sarah's husband. <laughs> you mastermind. Yeah. It won't end here. I'll make you suffer. Richard throws the first punch, and Phil is thrown backwards into a wall, watching as Dan feebly tries to defend himself, just as Sarah comes running, screaming for them to stop. Phil feels his vision go black when Richard throws the second punch. Dan Howell, January 2011. No. We're never going to know what's going on until the last paragraph. God damn it. It's like the exact middle of Gone Girl. God damn it. And then it stops. Spoilers. Today is New Year's Eve. Two years ago, almost, of him and Phil dating. And today is a turning point. Dan can feel it. Today is also the first time they've ever fought. Dan knew it'd become inevitable as they start, started living together. But he didn't think their first fight would be over something petty. And of course, Dan had started it. He feels terrible, like a piece of shit. But Phil had egged him on, and now it's at the point and it's hard to apologize. Plus, it doesn't help that he's shit-faced at 8 in the morning. His parents had forgiven him as far as accepting homosexuals, as they're capable of, but his mom doesn't forgive Phil. Phil is bad for you, his mother had stated. How is Phil bad for him? She says since meeting Phil, he's gotten angrier. She says he's encouraging bad behavior. But Dan is suspicious that what she's beginning to refer to is his sexuality as... Phil is the best thing to ever happen to him, and he might have just ruined it. Dan almost cries. Almost. Either way, he isn't thinking very much when he grabs the nearest black-haired girl by the arm, asking if she wants to kiss him. 
before he's pushing her up against the wall, grinding up against her. And by the time Dan wakes up, his penis is flaccid. The clock is 3.47 a.m. and he's covered in dry sweat and dry cum and he wants to cry because he's such a fucking, fucking fuck up. Aww. If Phil was willing to forgive him previously, he certainly won't now. I'm a fucking fuckboy. I can't even stay loyal to who I'm dating and... His thoughts run dry when Phil enters the room. Beautiful, beautiful, lovely Phil. Dan turns his head, expecting to be caught with another body in his bed. Except there isn't one. Nothing. Just him covered in dry cum and naked. Aww. So for a second I was like, did he cheat? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. And she just is gone now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. So he actually, he was so mad in this argument that he just like grabbed a random girl and like oh. had sex with her sure, and sure, made sure. out with her against the wall. And she has left and now he's <laughs> covered in cum and naked. Good. How I leave my men. <laughs> <laughs> I can lie, is what Dan realizes. Phil blinks, not particularly disturbed. You left the party to masturbate and pass out? I mean, sounds right. This is the 43rd lie he's ever told Phil. But it's the first lie that begins his downward spiral, if anything. It's okay, he thinks, licking his lips that are suddenly dry, and he sits up. Phil will never know, and I'll never, ever cheat again. In hindsight, he thought he definitely wouldn't. And he says, yeah. Oh, no. Dan! Phil Lester, March 2016. No. You said you forgave me, Dan says, and his voice sounds far away, as though touching the ends of the universe. And this is the sound that lures Phil away from the pleasant dreams he was having. Dan swallows, loudly, and Phil watches groggily as Dan rubs his lips. A nervous habit, definitely, and looks at Phil. Truly looks. And I said I forgave you, but we did, didn't we? I did forgive you, Dan. You don't! Dan screams, standing up and the chair tips backwards. Phil almost wants to laugh at what a movie-like scene this is, a cheater and their lover finally confronting each other, though he thinks in terms of anger they're reversed. Dan inhales, exhales, before finally picking up the chair and setting it back in place, before finally sitting down. You always look at me like... He swallows again, this time louder than the previous time. Or maybe it's because Phil is suddenly paying more attention to Dan overall. Like, I'm a pest. Like, me fucking breathing is the worst thing in the world. Sometimes Phil, sometimes, Dan chokes up. And this is the first telltale sign he'll cry. Phil doesn't blink. I'm scared of you. Because sometimes when you look at me, I really think that that's the end. That you'll finally decide you've had enough and just off me. Oh! It's my girl. <laughs> Dan Howell, January 2011. Back in time. When he sees her picture on the news, he realizes right away it was her. What? What? If Wait, anyone what? has any information pertaining to the death of Noel Jason, please contact us at the tip hotline. Yet <gasps> again, Noel Jason <gasps> was found on Wait. Burt 87th Street in a garbage tin. Time of death is estimated to be around 3 a.m. on January 1st. If anyone has any information on her whereabouts prior to her death, please contact us at the tip line. Phil is beside him, idly sipping on his lemon tea, and says, so casually, What a shame. <gasps> what? 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 Did he kill somebody? The second Dan has a moment, he Googles Noelle Jason, finding a crude, disgraceful shot of her naked body, painted in blood. It spells slut. And Dan realizes, with an odd clarity, that his mother was right. She was definitely right. Phil is bad for him. <gasps> what? Phil is fucking crazy. And yet, when he woke up that morning, bags under his eyes from a mere 20 minutes of sleep, Phil, sipping at his coffee in the morning, Dan had simply said, Slut, huh? I thought you tried not to swear. <gasps> Phil had blinked, smiled, and said, Not her. 
and went back to his room. <gasps> oh my god! Not her. Dan had held himself and cried and cried. Because Phil was right. She wasn't the slut. He was. He definitely was. A cheater. A failure. A disappointment. In the end, those are the words that will define him the most for the rest of his life. The words will always hang over him like a heavy black cloud. Because as long as Phil doesn't forget, he won't let Dan forget either. That boy is bad news, his mother had said. Dan remembers the haunting look of fear that had settled in her eyes when she realized what sort of person Dan intended to spend the rest of his life with. She had looked sour and repeated, Bad news. The end. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Twist! Whoa, that really took like a full Six left t- turn. I know, I remember reading it the first time and just being like, where are we going with it? Like, I thought I was like, because I, I don't know Dan and Phil that much. So I was like, am I forgetting who's who? But then I was like, no. No. Dan I, loves Phil. No. And then for some reason, Dan is avoiding Phil. Why? Wow. <laughs> Why indeed? So you read, just like with my favorite book, Gone Girl, if you read it again, you're like, oh, Dan is avoiding a murderer. Oh. That makes a lot of sense post-2011. <laughs> yep. No, yep, yep, yep. No, yeah. that makes, that makes bam, sense. Bam, bam, bam. Wow. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Murder mass. But it was very indicative of Gone Girl. Like, no one murders. I mean, that's not true. But that doesn't happen in Gone Girl. Like, that's not the plot of Gone Girl. No, no, no. But I was like, okay, no, actually, this is a good twist. I Everything I could was have well seen, laid out. I could have seen how in Gone Girl, if she made that choice, in, she could have made that same choice. Exactly. And you're like, and that, and that's what's going to spoil Gone Girl. If you're like, wait, Nick is being weird and shifty. It's like, oh, because his wife is insane. Yes. Just kidding. I'm, I don't like Nick, but I'm back on board. <laughs> Both can be true. Nick <laughs> can be weird and shifty and his wife can be crazy. And so like he Both is weird and shifty be because she's shifty, but also because like he's weird. <laughs> Dan can love Phil and be impulsive and Phil can turn insane. <laughs> right. That did, that fic did feel more like my fanfic Paper Dolls theory. So it's more mm. like it's Dan and Phil being used as like a way to just world build yes. and not necessarily like this. Oh, yeah. I did is, not get yeah. I like I guess I don't know their personalities that like Phil doesn't strike me as crazy. Like Dan almost strikes me as like the more eccentric. One. Yeah, no, Dan's a little crazy. So I think maybe the author was doing that intentionally to be like, oh, you're going to be like, what? awful thing did Dan do to make Phil hate him so much and then subverted the expectation actually it's Phil that's been crazy this whole time yeah yeah no that was a good subversion because I was not anticipating that because Phil is a sweet little marshmallow who doesn't swear so like why would he I did like that detail yeah to be like oh wait he was trying to make a point and they dabbled that in Uh uh-huh it was it it really it got my goat (laughs) You got me good. Got you me good. got me good. I remember, yeah. And there was only, again, like I said, there was only a couple of options that I was like, oh, okay, this is the gone girl, fake dating thing I need. But as soon as I saw Dan, I was like, Daiquiri, okay, got that. Hopefully this ends well. And then I was like, what? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> You're like, what? I didn't see that coming at all. And it actually makes sense. Real mark of a good mystery. Yeah. Good job. Good Thank job. you. Just have sex. <laughs> Thank you. Just have sex. Again. <laughs> Just have sex. Just have sex. Not with Phil. <laughs> no. Or Noel Jason. 
which I don't know if that's a real person. <laughs> I was going to look her up and then I was like, eh, it's probably not. Someone tell us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you me next week? <laughs> I mean, how do I follow a twist? I need you to follow ending. up your, your cute Star Trek with something that was totally not that. <laughs> and Just to be a dick. <laughs> right. And what I have pulled for next week, interestingly, <laughs> is a enemies to lovers and a martini. If you're wondering if Claire uh, said the wrong trope and drink in the actual recording, then you would be correct. Um, and if you're also wondering if there was a, a bunch of really colorful, really adorable, witty banter that was both funny and intelligent, uh, you would also be correct. And you won't get to hear it because it was all jokes that are spoilers and I'm cutting it. So I'm sorry. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we'll see what happens next week. In the meantime, you can send us any of your personal fic requests. If this has reminded you of anything, if you have better fic for us, or if really you just come across anything good, please get in touch with us at finepairingspodcast at gmail.com or finepairingspod on Twitter or finepairingspodcast on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please also make sure that to any of those social medias, you submit what kind of candy you think Grace and I am. <laughs> because I am fascinated to know. And if you would like to hear more of us, feel free to join us over on our Patreon feed, uh, where for $5 a month, you will get two episodes with a smutty, you know, more leading. Theme? Theme. <laughs> yeah, I was like, smut. It's just smut. It's a good time. We, we pretend we're in a coffee shop, poetically reading it. We call ourselves the Steam and Cream. We take a Patreon lot of feed. requests. So <laughs> yeah, we, we take a lot of requests. It's a lot of fun over there. Oh, yeah. Feel free to interact with us over there. And if... Uh, you need even more. Yes. <laughs> you can give us a five-star review. Actually, that's the first. We really should say that first. Give us a five-star re review, please, on specifically Apple Podcasts. And in return, as a gift to you, our beautiful listeners who we love, we will write you a 500-word fan fiction that will go up as our finale episode. Maybe this season will be the season we break format because we have so many reviews, but maybe not. Well, you need you need to make that happen. <laughs> the only way for that to happen in the review, tell us all uh, all your feelings and let us know. Take a screenshot or in the review itself, write what you would like that 500 word fanfiction yes. to be. It is one of my favorite episodes to record all, yes. every every time. It's it's a very delightful time over there. We get to flex our writing muscles, which <laughs> neither of us are professional writers, so it's fun. Yeah, I'll say. And with that, let's look forward to some enemies to lovers and, and a martini. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>